The Talhurst End Podcast. By Reading fans, for Reading fans. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Talhurst End Podcast. Extra, my name is Wimby. Thank you very much indeed for taking the time to join us for this week's show. Now look, I'm aware it's been quite a while since we've had a podcast extra. That is entirely on me. I've been going through some stuff uh, in my personal life. Uh, long story short, my two-year-old has forgotten how to sleep. Uh, so that's caused quite a few issues uh, in terms of mental and uh, practical timing uh, for me to be able to record this show. But thank you for those of you who have stayed patient with us, especially Sim and the guys. Look, Ross and Ben are absolutely nailing it on the main show. So you've not missed a beat. They've been keeping you right up to date with everything going on in the club. But look, I wanted to get back on the horse, speak to a couple of members from the local journalistic community. Jimin Lee and Andy Preston are both back on the show with me today. Thank you to both of them. Jimin, it'll be his final appearance on a regular basis anyway for reasons he will get into on the show. But again, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to all of you out there who are listening and of course to the guys in particular. Of course, I have to thank our sponsors as well as ZZZ Films who do a great job backing the main show and our podcast extra sponsors which is footcoaching.com. If you are struggling with EAFC 24, just want to get a little bit better, you know, get a bit of a leg up on your mates or in Ultimate Team, please give them, check them out. You can use the code TTE to get a discount as well. And they do gift cards and things like that. So always great for Christmas coming up. Right, that's enough for me. Let's get into the show. The Talhurst End Podcast. Read the blog on thetalhurstend.com. Right, so we are back with the Tyler Stem Podcast Extra. As mentioned in the intro, apologies for the delays in recording, but I am joined by my hearty crew for what might be, unfortunately, the last time, for reasons we'll get into shortly, but it is Andy Preston and Shimin Lee. Gents, thank you very much for bearing with me through my own struggles and for being back on the show. Thanks, Wimby. It's good to be back. Yeah, it very much is good to be back. Thank you. And after two wins as well, we've, we, you know, we've got so much positive to get into and I'm going to start actually with another positive before we get into all the negative stuff around the takeover and all the off-field woes. Shamin, the reason that this might well be the last time the three of us are together, at least in an official reportery capacity, is that you have moved on to pastures new. Yeah, so unfortunately I'm not at Reading today anymore. Um, for the past two weeks I've been at The Telegraph in London, which has been a bit of a new venture, new challenge. Uh, which has been very exciting. But at the same time, I have missed covering Reading Football Club in that time. Um, you know, I think it is always going to be something different when you support a club and you follow a club and you report on a club and then move away from it. You're always going to miss it. Um, but yeah, it's an exciting uh, new chapter in my career as a journalist. So yeah, <laughs> really enjoying it so far. Well, look, the very best uh, of luck to you. And I said, hopefully we'll be getting you on. Certainly as a fan, I know you were in the away end um, at Wickham the other day, so it must have been nice to, to not have that pressure of having to report on it afterwards. But look, let's get into, unfortunately, the, the more newsy stuff, the bit that we don't really want to be talking about. It seems that, you know, ever since the, the podcast extra came back, we've unfortunately just had to talk about this time and time again. The news that broke, uh, we're recording this Friday morning, I should say, around about half past 10. News can obviously change quite quickly. But unfortunately, A, Reading are back on the embargoes page for failing to pay HMRC on time. And also we had the news that the non-playing staff at the football club failed to receive their wages in full. The players have been paid, but the non-playing staff have not been paid. Um, Jamin, I'm going to start with you. There is reports it's around about 50 or 25 percent that the staff have been paid so far 
So yeah, the number I heard was 25%. Um, the staff were told that they'd only receive a quarter of their wages. And when I think about myself and what my reaction would be if I was told that I'd only receive a quarter of my wages for the month, um, I wouldn't be happy. And I don't think that um, anyone at the club really deserves that. I don't think anyone deserves that in any business, to be honest. These are hardworking, often local people who are doing their best to make sure that the club has stayed afloat during one of its most difficult periods. Um, you know, I've I've heard that, you know, and as much as I'd like to take any opportunity to slate Dai Yong, that this time round, it's been more of a Dai Yong Pang issue. Um, and, but I mean, the bottom line is that regardless of whose fault it is, the, the result is that people aren't getting paid. And um, that is unacceptable in any walk of life. And yeah, it's very disappointing. The fact that they're sitting there making a decision as to, you know, who to pay and what would be most strategically advantageous, which decision to make. Um, that's, you know, there's something quite chilling about that, I think, you know, as much as um, it probably will be best for the football club in the long run, um, to put people in positions like this is just not fair on anyone. And yeah, it's it's not good. And I think the fact that we're back on the naughty step with the uh, being back on the embargo list, um, you know, it's just one or two steps back when we've just made one step forward with on-field performances. So, yeah, not good. Yeah, Ben Thomas on the main podcast, which I very much encourage everyone to go listen to, had a great uh, introduction and kind of just very much summating uh, the position as we as fans. I think it's universal that we're just completely fed up. And it's, like you say, Jim, it's, it's completely unacceptable. These people trying to buy Christmas presents, trying to get on, you know, with the worries of now having to ring around and make arrangements. It's, it's just not on. But Andy, just explain a little bit why. Now, I mentioned the fact that the players have been paid. Just kind of explain why that is important, at least from a, from an on-pitch perspective. Yeah, so it appears that the club won't be punished with another points deduction because of that. Um, obviously, that seems completely wrong. That It's, you know, the other way around that the players are probably the ones that need to get paid the least. Obviously, everyone at the club deserves to get paid, but um, the club's priority to pay the players first means that they will hopefully avoid a points deduction. Do we understand, I mean, there have been reports unsubstantiated at the moment that select car leasing might have stepped in to make arrangements. I know there were reports going around that maybe the staff are going to get paid on Tuesday. Again, no comment from the club or SCL um, about that but uh, you know if it is true again as Ben said on the main show massive credit to our sponsors who have apparently already stepped in at least once but Andy I mean is this a case of you know Jimin mentioned it's kind of a, a decision that the club have made is the funding actually there is Da Young still putting that money in and is it just a case of he's just decided to not put in that money or, or what, where do you kind of understand where the funding is coming from right now? I don't know I think it's interesting to note as well Jimin said it's more of a Da Young Pang problem uh, this time around and I think that just highlights how incompetent this whole ownership has been um, whether the funding's there or he's not willing to put the funding in either way it's just disgraceful um, you know we've seen so many problems over this last 12 months and I just can't wait to see the back of this ownership to be honest I know like every fan because um, you know these aren't the kind of worries that staff should have whether they're going to get paid or not. Um, so, yeah, I think we can all just pray that a takeover gets completed as quickly as it can. Well, let's talk about that takeover process 
Um, Jermaine, it looked as if a preferred bidder is close, someone who will get exclusivity and sort of be able to move forward closely, examine the books and go through that process. Um, it was reported by James Earnshaw that Ginevra are the group that are close to winning that exclusivity. I mean, Jermaine, what have you heard on this front? Are they, again, it sounds like they're the main front runners, but could there be any late twists? Yeah, I think James put a 80 to 90% chance of this one going through which I think is extremely high um it, it does sound like it's approaching its final stages um you know the reaction on social media when the news broke was kind of mixed I think some people were happy that you know we were approaching the end of the Dai Yong era if we can call it that um and kind of moving on to pastures new but then I think a lot of people came in with a certain degree of trepidation knowing that there are associated parties who were involved with likes of Wigan in the past unsuccessfully. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting one. It's good to hear and slightly reassuring to know that they've been in conversation with Star, trying to understand the fans' perspective and um, really get to know the club. Um, there were other options as well, which makes me think that there is something in the bid that the club saw and they thought, you know what, this is the right one to go with. We, you know, we've spoken about Mike Ashley in the past. We all know what he brings to the, to the table. Um, but I mean, obviously he would have been, and there were talks of him looking at, you know, buying the club potentially in a weaker position than we are now. Um, and, you know, potentially going into administration and then putting a bid in then. But, you know, I think that where we are now, uh, you know, with the team coming round, performances on the pitch improving and being a league one club, most importantly, it probably is a, a good time for us to be bought out, you know, get rid of die. Uh, make sure that people are being paid on time in 2024. I think that that probably would be the best Christmas present that any of us could get. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I think how I'd describe how I feel about the um, potential uh, takeover would be sort of positive, but with a certain degree of trepidation. Andy, I mean, what kind of timescale do you think we are looking at? Is this something that we could see being done this side of the new year or is think it's going to, something that's going to stretch on into 2024? Yeah, I think it's pretty unlikely to be done before the new year. Um, from what I was hearing the other day, it's maybe not quite as close as we thought it was. I think there's still a few parties that feel that they might be able to make a late bid and try and, you know, get into pole position. Um, I think... You know, once exclusivity is signed, Ruben Seller said um, last week that that whole process would take around two months. So, you know, it's not going to be a quick process, but um, once everything goes through, yeah, I think we're probably looking at February, maybe March for um, best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, look, hopefully the, the, the exclusivity is signed and, you know, strong progress is made and maybe that will open up a new avenue of funding for the club. I know, I think Anton Zingarevich was putting money in, <laughs> a strange phrase for me to say, um, before he officially took over as well. And I have a feeling that, that, that the Thai ownership might as well um, have been doing the same. And even I think Dai Yong might have been putting in some money just before, kind of when these takeovers are close, you know, that's when, you know, deals start getting done um, and money is made available to the club. So look, hopefully, again, we, we don't want to be talking about this anymore on this show we'll do our best of course it's you know it's what we do we, we report the news as, as best we can bring it but it's an incredibly murky situation it's not one we want to be talking about so let's move on to the on the pitch stuff before we talk about kind of all the positives 
um, that we have seen, obviously, the massive wins over Wickham and Carlisle in the league, the progress in the Bristol Street Motors Trophy as well, and a potential cup run starting on Sunday, um, well, extended against Eastleigh on Sunday. Andy, I just want to talk to you about how you feel kind of the mood has been around the, the squad, and especially with Ruben Sellers, because fans had kind of had enough, I think, you know, after the, the Shrewsbury defeats, the Portsmouth defeats, that kind of feeling about Ruben Sellers is, I think it's had very much swung into the majority of, I think he needs to go. I, I'm on record. I tweeted out, I thought he was out of his depth at that point and time to go. He looks to have certainly bought himself at least some breathing room. But did you get the feeling that the, you know, the faith was always there from the man himself and from the squad, even when times were tough? I think from himself, uh, for sure. I think you know, numerous times he's reiterated the point that he feels the team deserved a lot better results than they were getting. Um, I think from the fans' perspective, there was a thought that, you know, there was some stubbornness there not to change the tactics, not to change the formation. Um, you know, but we, we've seen that happen in the last few weeks and results have been better. You know, we've seen Harvey Nibs moved into a more central role and I think that's really benefited his game and the team. Um, the likes of Sam Smith coming back as well, I think, has made a huge impact you know, I think he's been fantastic, not just with his goals output, but what he brings as a striker and being able to hold up the ball and make runs in behind. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. I think, you know, a lot of fans thought Sellers was probably out of his depth and, you know, it was looking like he was in big trouble. And I think if circumstances were different with finances, then he might have been in trouble. Um, but I think these two wins have probably bought him a bit of time and, maybe some patience from the fans too. Jimin, have you seen anything from Sellers himself to suggest that maybe kind of his approach has changed and, and he is kind of growing into this role? Or is this, I don't know, a, a positive blip as much as I hate to, um, to to bury him like that? I mean, it's an interesting one. I think what Andy mentioned about the formation change has been really big for us. Um, the four-one-four-one seems to be working well. Um, you know, we'd stuck so rigidly and so um, fervently to that four triple two, uh, which clearly wasn't working. Um, you know, not having enough steel and metal in midfield um, is always going to hurt you in in League One. It's such a physical league. Um, but you know, introducing players like Michael Craig into the pivot, into the six, he's been massive for us. I think. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a role that him and Hutch could do. I know that Hutch hasn't featured so much in recent weeks, but we do have options in that position. Um, we've even seen Amadou play uh, in the six as well. So it's certainly something that we can explore going forward. Um, but yeah, I think it's certainly, you know, I'm someone who kind of responds more to actions rather than words. And to see him change the shape, to see him move Nibs into a more central position, these are all positive things. So I think we have the Eastley game after that. We have quite a few more challenging games coming up. And I think that's when we'll see whether or not he's the right man for the job. You know, we've turned a corner somewhat, but we have to remember these are performances against a struggling Wickham side and a Carlisle side that are right at the bottom of the division. So, you know, I think that his skills and what he's learned over the past few months will certainly be tested in the run-up to, to Christmas. Andy, Jamin mentioned uh, Hutchison there and we've not seen Hutchison or Harley Dean in the squad for the last couple of games is this just something is this another case of players being perhaps frozen out or is this just a case of you think Sellers has just gone well look you've not performed and these guys have 
Yeah, I don't think it's a case of being frozen out, to be honest. I know we've seen that with a few players um, over a different management uh, in the last two years or so. But um, I don't think it's a case of that. With a player like Michael Craig, I think he's come in and really taken this opportunity. And while he's playing well, I think that number six spot is his. Um, You know, Sellers was quick to note last week, uh, you know, not that he was unhappy with Hutchinson's comments. I think he's more unhappy with the way that uh, the club actually put it out. And, you know, he didn't want to throw the young players under the bus. Um, you know, Salah says he, he didn't agree with some of Hutchinson's comments and said, you know, they were probably more reactionary than anything. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think they'll be frozen out. I think they've still both got a part to play. But right now, while Michael Craig's playing as well as he is and, you know, Abby and Binden are establishing that partnership at the back. I don't think Harley Dean's going to be getting a look in anytime soon. Although, you know, I expect there will be changes made for Sunday. So I wouldn't be surprised to see either of them involved in the squad. Speaking of controversial comments as well, of course, we saw and heard from Ruben Seles talking quite openly about Ovi Ajaria um, in kind of the, the strongest terms yet, Jamin. I mean, what did you make of, of those comments about Ovi and his potential role or lack of, it seems, role in this squad going forward? I mean, I think it's one that the journalists, especially the local ones, have really probed Ruben Sellers with and previously with Paul Ince as well. Um, but yeah, I think that with Ovi, no one can deny the fact that on his day, he's one of the more talented players in our squad. He can bring a lot to the table. But I think Ruben Sellers mentioned that, you know, his top performances aren't something that we've seen for a while. And uh I, th- I think they were interesting comments because I think that they are stronger than what I probably would like to see from a manager if, you know, I was part of the Reading setup. Um, you know, he's definitely not done Ovi any favours with regards to a potential return. I, I don't think we'll see Ovi back in the, the Reading team, if I'm completely honest, before the, the expi- expiration of his contract. Um, I think we've seen the last of him. Uh, and I don't think that Ruben Sellers will, will turn to him because I think the bottom line is that Ruben Sellers takes discipline to be, you know, quite a key thing in his setup. And you look at the players that he is selecting, he's picking players like Harvey Nibs, like Femi Aziz, like Michael Craig, who really buy into what he wants the players to do. And so I think it's more about the buy-in as opposed to any talent or anything like that. Um, you know, we've seen that with a few players now. So uh, as much as I would love to see Ovi being given a chance, I think it's unrealistic. Um you know, but the one thing that I would say as a sort of caveat is, you know, we don't know what's going on with someone like Ovi. There could be underlying things. There might not be. It might just be him being lazy at training or, or things like that. But I think for me personally, ever since watching that Deli Alley interview that he did with, with Gary Neville, I think I've always tried to, you know, take, you know, long term absences with a pinch of salt and to just understand that, you know, this one might be out of our control. Um, he won't be a Reading player long I don't think um so yeah just kind of see how that plays out but it is a shame yeah I mean look as you mentioned on his day an incredibly talented player that performance at Fulham stands out you know some of the tricks he's pulled off over the years and it's you know it's a an asset that we could certainly do with right now as we try and get out of the relegation zone of league one but uh, I mean Andy were you surprised to see him speak so frankly about it yeah, I was actually. And I think, like Jim had noted there, he's much stronger than any of the other previous managers have spoken about him. Um, you know, if you're reading that as Xavier Jaria, I 
don't know how you feel because it's not, you know, I don't know if that motivates you for a return, to be honest. Um, and yeah, his situation is one that's been so complicated. And yeah, I think it's one you have to approach with caution because it could be any number of things happening. But I think like Sellers alluded to, there's, there's more than one reason he's not in the team. You know, he noted turning up late for training, um, not having to buy in <clears throat> with the players in the dressing room. Um, yeah, so there, there's a few. Re- he also mentioned uh, delays to coming back from injury. You know, so it seems like he's not willing to put in the extra work to try and recover from injury and get up to full fitness. So, yeah, it's a really complicated issue, and it's a shame because I can't see any way back for him. I just hope that after he leaves Reading, he's able to find somewhere where he can start playing football again, ultimately, because he's a fantastic player. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look, from a personal point of view, I hope he, he lives a happy and healthy life. I think from a fan point of view, though, I think I understand what you're saying there, Andy, but I would be actually quite disappointed if Ovi Jaria then goes to another club and, and starts playing really well, I think. Um, for Reading having, you know, supported him professionally and, and hopefully personally, although again, it, it's, as Jamin said, it's very difficult and we don't want to get too deep into it. But look, if it turns out that he's got still got this fantastic ability and it emerges somewhere else, I think he'd be left pretty gutted as a fan um, to seeing someone suddenly, you know, spring back into life. But look, as an off the field, certainly wish him, um, you know, as anybody, it's certainly a happy, healthy life. But let's move on um, and talk a little bit more about what's to come. You know, we've got this FA Cup tie on Sunday. Shemin, I mean, are you expecting Ruben Sellers to put out a full strength side for this and try to continue this run of form? Would you think it'll be giving opportunity to some of those fringe players? I mean, I think the one thing that we have seen this season, you know, regardless of all our troubles, is the fact that we do have depth. You know, we've got a lot of players at a similar level. I think you'd do well to find a team in our division that has so many players where the gap between, you know, your best player in your squad and your, you know, worst, uh, you know, seeing that gap be so small because, you know, you've got the likes of Kalen Vickers who can't um, who can't even get into the match day squads and you see how talented he is and how much he impressed at the start of the year. Um, so, yeah, it'll be good to see players like him get a chance. Nesta has not really had much of a chance. I'm not sure if he's injured at the moment, but he's not had much of a chance since uh, Dorset has been doing really well at, at left back. He's added a bit more kind of steel down that left side, down which we were having quite a few problems at the start of the year. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll make changes. I think he'll make changes, but I don't think making changes has hurt us this season. You know, we've been so prolific in the the Cups and I think that having a happy and healthy and sharp squad is is really important because as we go into the festive periods you know we'll have more games they'll come thick and fast so ensuring that if there are any injuries if anyone picks up a niggle um you know there are players on the bench who are ready to 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 go and that'd be big so yeah i think that you mentioned a few players there like harley dean sam hutchinson uh who might feature on on sunday um I think it's really important that we don't come away with a negative result. You know, we've been burnt by that um, in the past couple of seasons. So it's, yeah, it's an opportunity for some of the um, players who haven't been involved so much to to shine on Sunday. Yeah, Mandy, I mean, it's a difficult one for Sellers, isn't it? Because, look, you know, he does need to give some of these players game time and, and keep the squad fresh. But, you know, that 
like Jamin said, the, the, the negatives of going out to a non-league side in the FA Cup, potentially, you know, it's a financial consideration, especially for the club as well at the moment. It's going to be a real tough one to kind of balance those, you know, serve both masters at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a lose-lose situation for the club because, you know, on paper you'd be expected to beat a non-league team. But on the other hand, I think it's probably the worst draw possible getting a non-league team away from home because they're going to be so up for it. And if you go out, it's, you know, it's kind of humiliating like it was if a couple of years back against Kidderminster. Um, yeah, it's a tricky decision for Sellers. Um, I think he does make changes, to be honest, at, at least six or seven because, like Jamin said, there's not a huge disparity in the squad of quality. There's you know, some good players there that haven't been involved so much. You know, you've noted a few there, but there's Tom Holmes as well and Ben Gay, Ben Elliott, who hasn't been starting a lot of games recently. I think they will all be expecting to play some minutes. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the squad have got enough quality to come through. Um just from Reading's perspective, I'm not sure they'd be too happy with a replay either, to be honest, with the amount of games stacking up. So I think, you know, it's kind of win or bust, to be honest, if they can get through and have some kind of cup run, that would be great. If they go out, then fine, it's not a disaster because the league is obviously the priority, but at the same time, you don't want to go out to a non-league team. No, I think we've had a, a, enough um, FA Cup embarrassment with all due respect to Eastleigh and Kidderminster. Um, I, th- I think we've had enough. I think we need to just avoid being a giant killing for a little while. Um, of course, Bristol Street Motors trophy action as well against Charlton to come and then big games against the likes of Oxford as well. I mean, just as we wrap up the show, gents, I mean, how are you feeling about the club and its, I mean, cup runs aside, how do you think, you know, do you think we're going to stay up? I think just as simple as that. I mean, Jamin, do you think this club is going to still be a League One team next year? I think so. Um, I think that, you know, we've, like I mentioned before, I think it does seem like we've turned a corner of sorts um, in the past kind of couple of weeks. The mood certainly seems to be different now. And I think that people are a bit more optimistic. Um, I'm certainly not getting carried away because... You know, I think every time you do start kind of thinking ahead, something will come up and something will uh, come and bite you. But, you know, I I think we will be a League One team next year. I think that we've certainly got enough. And I think that most importantly, we're working with a shape now that works and brings the best out of our players. I would be worried if, you know, you look at someone like Sam Smith, if he were to get injured again, I think that would put us in a really tricky position just because he's been so, so pivotal. Um, But you're you're seeing a lot of the young guys that we sort of were speaking about at the beginning of the season as players who, you know, had only played a handful of league games coming into the season. You know, now they're sitting on, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 appearances, learning every week. And, you know, especially our back, um, our centre-back pairing in Bindon and, and Abbey, they seem to be kind of growing uh, from strength strength to strength. So, yeah, I'm I'm more positive than I was when I left the paper, actually. And I think that the mood does seem to be 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 different. And I think that, um, especially if the takeover can happen, it will just um, liven up the place. So I, I'm hopeful now. Andy, where would uh, where would your cheeky tenor go? Stay up or go down? Yeah, I, I think I'm quietly confident they'll be able to stay up. I guess it's easier to say after back-to-back wins. Um, it's looking a bit healthier now. I think it's five points away from safety. You've got a team in there like Exeter who are dropping like a stone. I think they'd lost 10 games on the bounce, I think, prior to midweek when they drew. Um, so, yeah, I think there are teams in and around the bottom that Reading can definitely catch. 
I'm not sure there's too many teams in there as well that would be able to pick up a 5-1 win. Um, so Reading has certainly got the talent there. It's about trying to get some kind of consistency now. And hopefully if um, the formation and tactics are a bit more settled, that, that can be the case. Uh, I think, yeah, it's really interesting to note with Sam Smith as well. I think he's made such a huge contribution. And we have to um, give a word for Don Ballard as well, because obviously he picked up that horrible injury. And, you know, if if Sam Smith or another striker were to get injured, then it leaves Reading a little bit light there. So, yeah, obviously injuries can change things. But um, right now I'd be quietly confident that Reading have got enough to stay up. Yeah, and I think fingers crossed from all of us that we're not talking about any more points deductions. Um, because I think that's the last thing the club needs. Uh, but gentlemen, anything to add from you before we uh, we head off into the sunset, Jimin? I think for me, I just want to say a massive thank you. I mean, I know that my personal situation means that I probably uh, you know won't be as involved with the Reading stuff. I just want to say massive thank you to all the fans who have kind of read my content and who have kind of engaged on social media. Um, I'm quite excited at the prospect of kind of being back as a fan and just you know, voicing my opinions as they are. I know that sometimes as a journalist, you have to hold back a little bit, um, but just being a bit more open, I think would be what I'd say. And uh, yeah, also thank you so much for, for having me on the pod for the past uh, past couple of months. Oh, look, the pleasure is absolutely all I'm, I'm gutted we don't have you for longer, but you know, we, you know, people who go on this show go on to big things, you know. Charles Watts is a, is a best-selling author now. So I look forward to uh, to picking up your your magnus opus eventually when uh, when you decide to release it and andy as well anything from you before we go i just wanted to pose a question to both of you actually just with the oxford game on the horizon as a reading fan how do you guys feel going into like a local derby in that game because you know reading over the last couple of decades haven't really played a, you know a team in a local derby so much i know they had swindon a few weeks ago but in a league game how do you guys feel going into that Nervous, <laughs> nervous. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, same. I, I think the fact that it's a uh, it's a night game as well um, is worse. I'd rather it be a Saturday. You know, have the stadium a bit fuller. Um, really let the SCL do its thing um, and just have it rocking. To be honest, but yeah, nervous as well. I don't think that I'm. A, if I was a betting man, I wouldn't put money on Reading that day. Yeah, I yeah, guess Oxford. especially with the form Oxford are in as well. You know, pushing for promotion too. So it's going to be. A really tough game. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember the last running Oxford game, one of the last anyway, Tony Rouget in the rain. And I think there was been, what, 2001? And now I'm showing my age. So that was 22 years ago, which is just sickening to me. And on that note, um, I think we should wrap things up. As you mean, you're not going anywhere in terms of, obviously, you're still going to have an online presence. Where can people follow you and your new work as well? Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm JML Journo um, on pretty much everything. Twitter, Instagram, uh, and TikTok as well. So yeah, you can find me there and I'll try and put as many updates out as I can. Perfect. And Andy, what about yourself and your work? Yeah, Andy Preston 96 on Twitter and you can read my work at Reading and Woken Him Today. Fantastic stuff. Gentlemen, thank you both very much. Uh, look, we are going to reunite at some point. Maybe we'll get back together over the summer and, and have a bit of a reunion. But uh, Jamin, thank you again for, for your time. I'm sure myself and Andy will be back. We'll be bringing in other members uh, of the local journal community and other fans and influencers and everything as well. The Direction is podcast. I'm not fully sure which one it's going to take, but I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll, we'll muddle along. But gentlemen, thank you very much for your time and uh, have a great weekend. Cheers, Dan. Thank you. 
Get social with the boys. Find them on Twitter. At the Tarlhurst End. And Facebook.com forward slash the Tarlhurst End. So a massive thank you once again to Jamin and Andy for their time. And thank you to everyone for listening to this very show. Thanks again to our sponsors, ZCZ Films and to footcoaching.com remember tte the code if you want to get a discount on any of their coaching packages if you want to listen to me as well i do talk about eafc 24 on the foot in review podcast which you can find in all good podcasting outlets however you digest your pods Uh, so if you are interested in that you will hear me on there usually once a week in the meantime that is it for the show again a massive thank you to ross and ben again for the fantastic work they're doing over on the main show of course ross interviewed nick blackman earlier this week and we also had a fantastic show on thursday as well covering the Wickham and Carlisle games in full. Some early thoughts on that news of the uh, being back on the embargo list and, of course, the failure to pay the club's wages. Again, just a reminder that we recorded this at around about half past ten on Friday morning, so before Ruben Seller's latest news conference. So that's why we don't have up-to-date injury information and whatnot. So uh, just when you're hearing this a bit later and you're wondering, oh, Ruben Seller said that, but you haven't mentioned it. That is why. But enough from me. Again, a massive thank you to everyone out there. Thank you for all your support. The Pod Extra will return in the next few weeks. And of course, the main show will continue its usual weekly schedule. Stay tuned to the Tyler Stand on all of your socials for lots of updates on that. And in the meantime, come on you ours. The Tarlhurst End Podcast. By Reading fans, for Reading fans.